What is up guys, I'm Naisu, welcome to the Suitcast. A podcast that dives into the world of esports, gaming lifestyle, and everything in between. In today's episode, we're going to talk about MPL Philippines Week 2. And specifically, is Blacklist back on top? And is it really Onic time this time? Alright guys, so fresh from the MPL weekend, it is a Monday at the time of recording this, and uh, yeah, quite the week, I would say, week number two was, and I just want to talk about it a little bit, um, again, this is something that I regularly want to do during the MPL season, and you know, if there's ever room to do additional episodes in between that time, I will, but for now, because time is uh, stretched short, we will focus on MPL, right? So anyway, comparing week number two to week number one, the biggest thing that I want to do first, right off the bat, is commend the prod team, the production team, of course, Grind Sky. Um, like I mentioned in the previous episode, they had some struggles, man, uh, you know, week number one. And it was apparent, uh, not only as a caster, but, you know, for viewers out there too. And there was a lot of feedback online on different channels on social media. And I would say that Grind Sky relatively answered a lot of the feedback and adjusted to a lot of the feedback and uh you know things aren't perfect i don't think they ever will be whoever whoever handles a project like mpl um but i would say that from week one to week two there was a definite uh noticeable difference right and that's the thing i i think they're going to continue working on things as the season goes on and you know some people argue that that shouldn't be the case well you know, to be honest, when you're handling a project this big with this many people involved, it's quite difficult to get everything smooth, right? It really is. So, the, yeah, again, they fixed a lot of things, especially with the audio and on the English stream. Things were pretty smooth. We added, by the way, the solo analyst segments after the games, which allows those guys like, um, you know, Renmar, Wolf, Midnight, um and Chantel, I believe, will eventually be there as well. The 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 analysts, you know, the the solo analysts, they all get their limelight for that solo analyst segment, which I think is great. Um, and still, you know, that's the thing. There has been no pauses from from what I understand. There's been no pauses in regards to player pings, and that's usually what we had issues with in the previous seasons, right? When people pausing or saying ph pause or fill pause because the players would have to deal with lag spikes. And I and I know there's been a couple pauses here and there, but from my understanding, those are all technical things on, for example, like the, the comms, the communication side for the players or, you know, something not related directly to the game or the ping, right? So again, that is a great, that is a great thing, right? So yeah, that starts off, uh, I, something I immediately noticed for week number two is the changes and the feedback that was given, not only from the the fans and the viewers, but also us casters as well, right? And they're still continuously working to improve. And me being one of the casters, of course, I greatly appreciate that and just wanted to, you know, commend them, basically the entire team. So moving on, day number two is really what I want to highlight here. Day number two was insane, man. Day number two is always going to be the Saturdays, and Saturdays are always a three series, and there is always going to be a star match during that day. And all I can say is I completely didn't even expect that people were literally lining up outside of the venue 
since I think they said the earliest that someone was there was like 6 a.m. And imagine you can't even enter the building until I think because first first series starts at four. I think you can enter around maybe 3 p.m. So that is dedication, man. Right. And there's people that literally traveled, whether they grabbed, whether they commuted, whether they drove. There's people that commuted and traveled anywhere from, uh, you know, a couple hours all the way to what, six or seven hours, I believe, you know. And that's the thing. Shout out to Jose Luis. I think that I think it's Jose Luis or it's Luis Jose uh, was one of them that came from quite far. And he even, you know, had a, he had a gift for all of us casters, which was really cool. And, you know, we all appreciated. He got us some Krispy Kreme donuts. And then, of course, like he asked us to take pictures and sign his jacket and everything. So it was really cool. Right. I mean, there's obviously some fans out there that are just absolutely nuts for MPL Philippines, you know, and that's cool. That's cool to see diehard fans like that. And of course, again, all of us casters really appreciate, you know, those small gestures of appreciation for us. And again, going back to that line on that day number two, that Saturday, I think every Saturday is going to be like this. Honestly, I think if you're trying to go watch MPL live, you have to just assume that Saturday is going to be the most hype day because there's three series and usually there's a star. There, there's always going to be a star match, for from my understanding, on Saturday. So it's going to be hype as hell, basically. And that's the thing. Like there was pictures floating around and videos floating around of the line in Eastwood, man. You know, from the venue wrapped around the buildings and. A lot of people didn't get in because, you know, the capacity is maybe 150 to 200 people, I believe. It's a rather, you know, it's like people would say it's a small venue. But again, you have to consider the fact that, you know, we're still technically dealing with COVID and now this monkeypox thing. And it's like you can't you can't really expect to have a huge, huge venue. Right. Um, there's obviously still restrictions and things that the team has to consider even for the players and, you know, the, and everybody involved pretty much. So yes, 200 people is relatively small, but you know, all we can hope for is that for playoffs, it'll be a much, much bigger venue where more and more people can come and watch live. Right. Uh, I would say that for regular season, I think a majority of the MPL regions are around that size, maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit smaller. Right. Um, and again, most of that is just because there's restrictions in place by all the governments and, you know, you have to be very careful on how you approach that. So, you know, even with just 200 people, it, it is, it is hype as hell, man. I mean, even as a caster on the English desk, you can feel the energy, you can hear the energy, you know, and it, and it's such a treat. I think it's something that if you guys are an MPL fan or you even just, you know, you like MLBB. Um, I think it's something that you should experience is watching on one of the days, even the Friday and Sundays, like there are less people on Friday and Sundays, but it it's usually half full or more than half full. Sometimes it's even full on those days too. Not as much as a Saturday where, you know, some people are like standing, but um, either way, I think it's a great experience for anyone that is a fan of the league, of these players, of these teams, you know, and even if you want to come say hi to some of us casters, you know, we're all very approachable and there as well, right? So again, day two was insane, not even to mention the games, right? The games were were crazy as well. And, you know, that's 
Last thing I want to say about that is I think they have to do something about ticketing. I, I would say that I think ticketing is going to be important here because I was even a little bit concerned um, when I first heard that it would be a first come first serve basis for tickets uh, back in you know before week one even started. One of the things that I brought up and thought of was you know what about the people that can't get in? Like what about the people that travel? you know, for quite some time, and then they find out, oh, crap, we can't get in, you know, would there be, for example, projectors outside for them to watch on, would there, you know, be water or food for them, or, you know what I mean, something like that, and at the same time, um, just, I, I think there should be a ticketing system, and maybe they'll come up with something like that, so that it's not completely scion if you come and you can't get in, right, like you, you come to the venue and you can't go in at all and you just burned your whole day, basically, right? Because then, of course, you'll have some fans that are pretty sad and salty about it. You know, I would be too. So hopefully that's, hopefully something comes into place. And I think that if I remember right, hearing after the end of week two, they were already thinking of ideas to work around that. So let's see. And I mean, also on top of that, because of just how hectic things were, the match times did not happen when they were supposed to, right? So technically, it's supposed to start 4, 6, and 8. And, you know, that's been something that has been a reoccurrence, I feel like, even before I became a caster. It's just something I noticed. And it's something also a lot of people just say the typical, like, oh, it's Filipino time, you know, and, and they joke about it. But I've always been against Filipino time. Uh, for people that know me personally... I grew up on the saying, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't even show up. Like that, that's literally what my dad ingrained in me as a young child. So uh, for me, I have always not, in, I have always not liked Filipino time as an excuse or anything like that. And it's unfortunate because, you know, people joke about that with MPL Philippines and whatnot. But really, I think there's a lot more that goes on that can delay a, a, the start of a matches or the start of broadcasts and whatnot or or certain games. And some things are obviously out of the control, right? Um, but yes, I also agree that things should be put in motion to make sure that we get as close as possible, if not right on time, the schedule times of the matches, you know? And if that means adjusting the pre-show stuff um, or you know, the in between the game segments, but a lot of the times, especially when us casters are, are speaking and people are like, oh, start now, start now, dal dal nil, you guys talk too much, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's some people out there. It's not us, right? Like, it's not us casters that dictate that. Sometimes it's the teams themselves. Like, sometimes they're not ready or they have to figure something out uh, outside of the game or maybe the lobby or maybe one of the players had to go use the bathroom. Like, there's so many things that can play a part in delaying start times right as casters it's only it's our job to just talk and fill dead air and fill the time until we're ready to go into the draft in the game that's all we have control over right so i do agree once again that i think we need to do a better job at getting uh on time like being on time for the matches not only for the sake of the smoothness of the broadcast but also for the safety and you know the comfort of even players and the fans especially with a live audience again it's something that was in my mind when i was thinking you know the some of these 
younger people are going to be traveling quite far. And if these games go too late, which I've experienced in previous seasons as well, where we end, we ended at like 11 p.m., 12 a.m., you worry about those younger fans going home, right? Getting home safe and everything. So I think that's definitely a thing. And and players, of course, you know, if their matches are supposed to start at 6 or 8 p.m. and they don't start till two hours later, you know, of course, they're going to be tired also. Um, tired, uh, irritated, or frustrated because of those delays, right? So, again, sometimes you can't control those delays, but you got to do everything in your power to control them the best you can or get to the schedule, fit to the schedule as best you can, right? So I'm sure, again, solutions are being made for that because I even saw this on day three where, you know, they tried as much as possible to start at 6 p.m., which I think as we went into the game, it was like 6.05. But then the second series of day three this last week was delayed for some reason, which I don't know of, right? So definitely something that needs to be handled. I know some players went to social media and talked about it as well. And, you know, again, the community out there voiced their opinions. So with all that being said, once again, just kind of talking about the technical stuff, the experience of having, you know, these big, crazy hype days and the audience and the the fans out there. The next thing I want to specifically talk about is the standings, right? The standings after week two. If you guys just go to MPL Philippines, the standings either on Facebook or the website, you'll see the top three. Of course, the top one there is Blacklist International. Um, they've played one game less than Omega and Onik, but those three teams, Blacklist International, Smart Omega, and Onik Philippines are all tied at eight points, right? They all have eight points. Um, then it's followed by Echo, NXPE, Bren, and the bottom two, RSG, Philippines, and TNC. Who would have thought that the bottom of the standings would be the defending Season 9 champions, MSC champions, RSG Philippines, and TNC after their amazing performance last season would be at zero points with a 0-4 series record, 0-8 game record. Like, that is tough. Because you guys already know I'm a huge fan of RSG Philippines. I was rooting for them all in season, even season 8, season 9, MSC. And, you know, as a fan of theirs, I mean, I'm a fan of a lot of these teams, but as a specific fan for RSG Philippines, it's tough to see them struggle the way they are, right? They're struggling. And... If I know anything about Coach Panda and the the boys there, they are going to adjust. Coach Panda, Coach G. But do they have enough time, right? I know it's only week two, but with the way that they're playing and the rest of the teams are playing, that's the thing. Is it enough time for them to adjust to get back to form? Now, the big question, too, is a lot of people are wondering, you know, why is Kenji playing? Why isn't Nath's playing? And honestly, we don't know. Right, We don't know all the details behind that, but I will say that that's not the problem with RSG Philippines. It's not because Naths isn't playing. It's not because Kenji is in. Kenji's an amazing player. He's got great skill, great hero pool. I love what he can bring to that dynamic of RSG Philippines. But as a whole, as a team, they are struggling against what these other teams are doing. In the chess version that is the draft these days, in the fact that you know, jungle still setting the pace and you can decide, do you want to go with assassin emblems? Do you want to go with jungle emblems? Like there's so many factors here for RSG Philippines to work on. And again, 
waiting till week three to start, we're going to see how they adjust. The same can be said about TNC, but to another, a bigger extent for TNC, and I said this back in season nine playoffs, TNC, their downfall is that they were so textbook, like it worked really, really well for them for the majority of season nine. But it really shows the limited hero pool and decisions that they can make as a team i know it they they've come up with some unique picks here and there but still i think tnc is really struggling to go outside of the box not just in terms of hero picks but also the the way they approach the games the early to mid to late game the structure of their team the way that that team unfolds throughout the game i think they're really struggling with that and that's why they're sitting at zero points Still hoping that they have some research, you know, research factor or rising of the Phoenix once again, because a lot can still be learned, right? But I can really see also SDZYZ struggling because it's not completely just a jungle tank meta anymore, right? So that's definitely hurting them. We'll see how they adjust from there. But the biggest and biggest surprise for me for this week and I had my biggest question mark on this team pre week one and that's Onyx Philippines and these guys have impressed me so much you know Ryota is still there Ryota is still there the only one left of all the guys that went around the world around the globe you know and Ryota is there now leading the boys from Monster Anarchy, a team in the amateur scene that really, really did very well. They had a great track record. So you have four of those boys on this starting lineup of Onyx Philippines, and Ryota is there, and sometimes they switch out Ryota and Durr. And either way, man, they look damn good. And especially after this last week, all, all I can say is I cannot wait to watch them play versus Blacklist International um, because I, I feel like that is going to be a true testament of just how strong these guys are, right? And at the same time, I feel like Blacklist International isn't the isn't the type of team where like they can't be defeated. Everybody's just going to expect Blacklist International to roll over every team. I mean, they have only lost one game, like not a series, but they've only lost one game. But if it's anyone that can be, that can take maybe a series from them would be this coming week when Onyx Philippines plays against Blacklist International. And that I cannot wait for. Um, again, just an amazing performance. I mean, Super Frince, Rapidute, just everybody, actually. Everybody on the roster is just very impressive. And I can't wait to watch them play uh, this coming weekend. So that is it. I mean, we're already at the 19-minute mark here. So again... I'm going to wrap this up and just say, you know, NPL Philippines season 10 has been amazing already. It's only been two weeks, but it's been such a refreshing thing to see in terms of the teams, the way that they're playing and just how things are unfolding here, you know, where you don't just have one or two dominant teams. Like literally right now you have a good, I would say five, six teams, even Bren and NXPE are very interesting to watch this season and who knows how they'll continue to refine their gameplay and approach to the games, right? So that is going to be it for this video, guys. Thank you so much for listening again. Please do leave a review or a rating wherever you're listening to. And I appreciate your guys' support, uh, whether that's here on the podcast, on other socials, or even when I'm casting in general, right? So thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. That's it for now. 
GGWP.